The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the local angle on FanDuel TV, and welcome to those of you listening to the Ringers Philly special. I'm Shiel Kapadia, joined by Ben Solak. We are going to break down the Eagles' 31-17 win over the Miami Dolphins, and we'll have other stuff too. We've got Brian Barrett and James White talking about the Patriots with the upset win over the Buffalo Bills, and of course, JJ, John Jastrzemski will come on to talk about the Giants, also an upset win over the Washington Commanders, but... Benny Souls, you know what we have to start with. We have to start with the Philadelphia Eagles in what some said may be a Super Bowl preview. Who knows? Uh, uh, welcoming the Miami Dolphins to town, wearing the Kelly Green, 31-17 victory. We've got so much to dive into, but start out. Big picture thoughts on this win for the Birds. What do you got? I'm f- I'm flabbergasted, dude. I am astonished. I I... I this is not the most shocking single game performance of the season to this point by any team. Like that would be obviously too far to say. And there's been some crazy upsets and whatever, but man, the, the Eagles defense holding the dolphins offense to 10 points. They had 17 on the scoreboard, but they scored on a pick six, 10 total points, the lowest statistical output, or they should be lowest point output of a dolphins offense in a game that two and Mike McDaniel have been in together in, in, in the last two seasons. Unbelievable. For like for for the Philly special listeners who don't watch the Dolphins every week, no one does this to the Dolphins. Everybody has tried, everybody has failed. The teams that have beaten the Dolphins 
and have slowed them down. The Niners and the Chargers and the Bills, they did it by like taking away routes and two of us holding onto the football and, and then they were scrambling around in the back and they couldn't figure out anything. The Eagles just were so ludicrously dominant up front that the Dolphins could not do anything consistently enough to score points. It, it was a, a, a consummate win. It was a massacre in the trenches, the likes of which like even on the standard of the Eagles defensive line to a Dolphins offensive line that was missing three starters after the first drive, even by those standards, you still don't expect a performance like this. And then the secondary had their clutch moments when they needed to, right? I mean, like the, you know, Terrell Edmonds gives up a Tyreek Hill touchdown, right? They're not going to be perfect. But altogether, to be sticky to routes, to tackle receivers in space, I mean, it's very challenging to do against this offense. Legitimately unbelievable. I, If you had told me before the game the Eagles were going to hold the Dolphins to 10 offensive points, I would have called you crazy. I would not have believed it unless I saw it. I can't. I, huge, huge, huge performance. That's where I start, too, is with the Eagles' defense. I mean, this Eagles' defense, you're right. The Dolphins were down three offensive linemen. There's no doubt about it. That had a factor. But, like, the Dolphins aren't a team where you're like, oh, they have a great offensive line. I mean, Teron Armstead, their left tackle, has missed a lot of time, and they've still been going up and down the field, boat racing team after team. I mean, they come into this game averaging 37.2 points per game, Ben. And think about what you just said. Eagles' defense allows one touchdown? On eight possessions, one touchdown. I, I, like, yeah, I'm with you. I didn't think that that was. You could have asked me, hey, Shio, what's the best case scenario for this Eagles defense? I probably would have said, okay, maybe they give up like 24. You know, maybe it's a weird game and they hold them to 24. To say that the defense gave up 10, again, like you mentioned, the offense was responsible for seven of those. Uh, I didn't even think that was in the realm of possibility. So, Dolphins had those injuries. Let's not forget. Eagles are down three of their five starters in the secondary. I mean, did you see who was playing safety for the Eagles? They were playing a rookie in Sidney Brown. They were playing an undrafted uh, rookie in Eli Ricks at corner at the end of the game. They were playing Terrell Edmonds, who anyone could have had this offseason at safety. So both sides were pretty banged up there. And for the Eagles to do what they do, they held the Dolphins to their lowest season totals in yards, touchdowns, first downs, and then if you like the nerd stats, EPA per drive, and success rate. I mean, by far the best performance by any defense uh, against this Dolphins offense so far this season. So yeah, I have to you know put, put a feather in the cap of new defensive coordinator Sean Desai, because longtime listeners of the Ringers Philly Special know that Benjamin Solak and I would talk about however... This, whenever this Eagles defense went up against a good offense in previous years, we don't have to na name names and take shots right now, but usually they were going to get lit up. Not usually. I'll say every single time. Every single time they went up uh, against an offense of this caliber, they got lit up. They didn't. This, you can make the argument, this was the best defensive performance given the opponent by the Eagles under Nick Sirianni. Uh, uh, if you make an argument for another game, I okay. think you're outside of your mind. <laughs> I think... I. People don't do this to the Dolphins. They don't. There's death, taxes. The Dolphins are going to get big gains on you. Tua averages 11% uh, of his dropbacks uh, are explosive gains, 20-plus yards. In this game, 5.6%. They halved it. The second lowest of any game for Tua. The only other lowest home was the loss to the Chargers last year. Yards after the catch. On average, 40% of Tua's receiving uh, passing yards come after the catch. In this game, 24.1%. Third lowest in any game. And those other games, they were like games that the Dolphins won just because they like threw the ball really successfully 15 times and didn't have to do anything else. What? No. How? Rick, Rick's just starting at slot. Josiah Scott. And Nicholas Morrow, yeah. Zach Cunningham. You're, this is astonishing. Uh 
Every and, one of those players you just named, sorry to interrupt you, but it just struck me when you just reeled off all those players who started or played for the Eagles thing. Every single one of those players was available on like August 15th for any team, uh, any team. in the NFL. Some of them were available like three days ago, but sorry. Right. They cut Nick. I'm going to be like, no, Nick Marlowe, they signed in March. <laughs> they cut him at 53. <laughs> they didn't even keep him on the week one active roster. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, you say a feather in the cap to Sean Desai. I'm, I'm, I cannot wait to watch the film and, and see what they did schematically defensively. My guess is going to be that like, obviously there are uh, several feathers belong in his, his cap, but I imagine it's going to be even more so this, this defensive front. Uh, the, the, the dolphins came out in the first half really oriented on, on, on running the football. They've been a really good rushing team this year. You probably want to take a little bit of the, the wind out of the pass rush of sales. And Hassan Reddick just single-handedly decided that wouldn't happen. Oh just, my just gosh. Three, Ooh. four plays in, in the first half, the first three quarters alone, where he uh, immediately beats a block off the line of scrimmage, gets into the backfield, and then secures and makes a tackle. Doesn't lose in space. Again, so easy to do against these Dolphins' weapons. So now you're setting them into in negative uh, game scripts, right? Again, the Dolphins in second and 12 and second and 15. Think about the number of times the Eagles got a positive play defensively on first and 10, on second and five, to get to it into third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, where he has to hang there for a little bit. The, the pass rush has time to arrive. And then once Isaiah Wynn went down and the entire left side of that, that Dolphins line from center to left guard to left tackle was backups, they ate off that side the entire night. Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter running games, running twists, running stunts, just consistently making, and remember that's to his blind side, right? Or no, that's to his front side. Still consistently making it very <laughs> challenging for him to feel comfortable in the pocket. They're not able to get routes to develop down the field. I mean, it, it, it. I think this this defensive line, again, like even if if you told me like three backups and the Eagles have such a good front, I wouldn't have told you that you're this capable of taking a game over the way that they did. Just a stellar performance across the board. Well, this is what we talked about in the lead up to the game. It was like, you know, every game the Eagles play, you could make the case, well, they're better up front. Uh, if their defensive line dominates, the defense can play really well. But the thing about the Dolphins is like they negate that with the way they play. They have so much speed on the field. Uh, Tua came into the game getting rid of the football in 2.37 seconds, the fastest time of any quarterback in the NFL. So like they can lose some matchups up front and oftentimes it doesn't matter because the ball's out. I thought Tua actually played pretty well in this game. Like I wasn't watching this yeah. going, oh, well, you got you got a bad Tua game. I mean, there were plays where he had no chance. And to your point, like even the touchdown drive, the only touchdown drive they gave up right before halftime, they've got them in third and 18 and they give up a 30 yard completion. They've got them in third and eight and they give up a 27 yard touchdown. So I, I think your point is a good one. The way they were winning on early downs, the way they were stopping the run, the way they were uh, creating negative plays, specifically in the first half, second half dolphins got to some of their run stuff uh, and hit on some stuff. But in the first half, the Eagles just completely shut down a running game that was what second in in rushing efficiency uh, coming into the night. So uh, yeah, just uh, just a fantastic performance all around from the Eagles defense. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Eagles offense is harder. I think to... there's one more thing I think needs to be said yeah, about the Eagles ahead. defense, which transitions us into the offense as well. Actually, zero penalties. That's unbelievable. That's just yeah. like. Talk about playing a game with a lot of polish. Okay, now <laughs> I was going to say, one. if you watch one play, it's called it's almost like literally unbelievable. They yeah, the but the, the very next play was a pick six. Okay, so the universe. <laughs> That's true. Itself. You're right. 
Ball don't uh, lie. Uh, yeah, that was right. Referring to a, a fourth and three attempt from the Dolphins in which Cedric Wilson just had his face mask absolutely yanked directly in front of a side judge. <laughs> I always wonder what these referees do. So this was a great, a, a great just NFL week overall for wondering what that the referees are uh, for and like why they are where they are, what they're looking at. Uh, but it misses it. And then, yeah, you get the pick six, so it bounces itself out. Um, but altogether, uh, it's very hard to play this team without holding. Because they're all really fast receivers, right? It's very hard to play this team without uh, illegal contact penalties because they're trying to stay in contact with all these guys down the field. The uh, the fact that the Eagles stayed as hands off as they did, no defensive pass interference penalties on, on a lot of the Tua like air balloons that kind of go up and they hang in the air for a long time, is a, a testament to being well coached. Is a testament to understanding like the the uh, the easy ways you can give up yardage to the Dolphins and how to avoid that. Uh, no penalties is huge. You never gave the Dolphins free anything on offense you never gave them like a second shot a second chance no dropped picks no blown assignments despite the fact that they have so many moving parts like even Terrell Edmonds when he got burned on the the touchdown he was still on the correct assignment he's just not fast enough to be doing that but yeah. it's not like they were they were blowing stuff against what's like a super motion heavy bunches and stacks all the stuff that's been giving them problems you and Sean have been talking about it on the Wednesday shows they had no issues. A completely clean game on the defensive side of the ball and then offensively, same thing as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no doubt that like if you play this game out, uh, you know, 20 different times, there are probably going to be a lot of times where they give up more than one touchdown. However, like that's not that wasn't the bar. Like I said, you give up two touchdowns, you give up three touchdowns. That's still pretty good. You know, Tyreek Hill drops the one pass in the middle of the field. That's a touchdown. And then that was really interesting. And the very next, I thought that was a huge sequence uh, in the game. You know, at, at that time, it's 17-10, and he drops that pass in the middle of the field. And then he comes out of the game because he, he thought he fumbled, and so he's chasing the ball down in the end zone. And then he comes out, I guess, because he's fatigued. And so then they go for it on fourth and three, and he's not on the field. And then you get the missed face mask there. But like you said... It all didn't really matter because, I mean, if he catches that touchdown, they get seven. They ended up getting seven uh, on the Jalen Hurts turnover anyway, and it tied the game at 17-17. What did you think about that? Now, I know we have to watch the film, but just now that we're on the defense, let's just keep talking about it. Was part of the plan for James James Bradbury was pressed up on Tyreek Hill on a lot of the snaps they showed. Mm -hmm. Like, were they trying to disrupt? Because you wrote about this last year. You were all over it in that Chargers game, I think, that, hey, disrupt them within five yards, disrupt their timing. It seemed like every time they showed that, he was not getting a hand on Tyreek Hill and it wasn't really working. But did you sense that that was kind of part of uh, their game plan in this game? Absolutely, yeah. There's a, there's, you have no shot if James Bradbury is matching Tyreek Hill in space. That does nothing to do with James Bradbury and has everything to do with Tyreek Hill, right? Like, uh, uh, and one of the things that the Dolphins do is they tend to send Tyreek Hill in a ton of different motions in an attempt to to hide him from that coverage. Off the eye test, don't quote me on this. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It feels like they didn't put Hill in motion a lot in this game, which I found very perplexing. I'm an enormous Mike McDaniel fan. I found the, the static nature of, of, uh, of Hill. Like, they did a lot of motion with, like, Durham Smythe. Yeah. I'm not worried about Durham Smythe beating me, you know? Uh, they didn't I would hide agree Tyree with Hill. that anecdotally. I, I didn't think about it as I was watching, but now yep. that you mentioned it, yeah, it did seem like he was kind of just lined up there on one they side. They didn't put Hill in motion a lot uh, from from what I can wager. I hit up that next-gen stat boys to see if they they had numbers on. I didn't, I didn't see any. Uh, and then the other thing was that they were really committed to this this early down run, especially in the first half, which was just a total waste of time. So I thought there was, there was some, some missteps there by the Dolphins' offensive approach. Um, but when you're not going to hide Tyreek Hill, when you're not going to play hide-and-seek, then absolutely you just shove him at the line. Because and Chris Collinsworth is doing a nice job calling this out on the broadcast. Tua doesn't really throw um, 
two receivers. He throws to spots, right? Uh, when, when you're going to play with this level of anticipation and this level of timing, you can't see a guy open and hit him. Like, Hurts does that. Hurts throws to a receiver. Like, A.J. Brown breaks, throw it to A.J. Brown. Two of the balls out so fast and so much anticipation, so much timing, you throw to a spot. So if you disrupt the timing of the receiver, you disrupt the location of the spot. And now you're forcing Tua to kind of to, to think on the fly, and that's where he's, he's vulnerable. And so absolutely, you go up and you shove Tyreek Hill. Now, if they had Jalen Waddell available for the entire game, offensively once you're in the okay we're shoving Tyreek Hill but we also have to keep a safety over Tyreek Hill because if we shove Tyreek Hill and it doesn't work we need somebody over the top yeah. of this that's where Waddle starts to kill you and the fact they didn't have Waddle for uh, the meaty portion of this game he leaves in the uh the first quarter comes back I believe on the first drive of the fourth quarter if memory serves so missing for the, the, the bulk of this game uh that made it more challenging for the Dolphins because now you're relying on Braxton Berrios and Cedric Wilson and some of these other receivers who just are a lot less dangerous with the ball in their hands. You saw once Waddle got back in the game, there's like three immediate targets for Waddle. That's the button you want to press when you're when you're, when you're dealing with that Tyreek Hill issue that the Eagles were presenting with you, and the Dolphins didn't have that for much of the game. Yeah, no, they uh, they they had the game plan. They obviously adjusted to what the uh, what the Dolphins had in terms of personnel with Jalen Waddle uh, with their offensive line. And man, they came through uh, in a big, big way, this defense. So uh, Eagles improve to 6-1 and one on the season. We'll see what the Niners do on Monday night. But Lions lose earlier in the day to the Baltimore Ravens. So right now, Eagles are the only six-win team uh, in the NFC. So it feels like there's been some ups and downs the first seven weeks of the season. No doubt about it. It looks a little uneven at times. Uh, but you sit here through seven games. You're 6-1. You take it to the Miami Dolphins. So uh, that's what we saw from the Eagles for those watching on FanDuel TV. Remember, you can listen to the Ringers Philly special on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. To those of you listening, we will be right back to talk more about this game. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. Listen, here's what you can do for your future bets. Sixers over under is 47 and a half. I plan on hate watching this team all season long, so I'm probably going to go with the under. Now, my producer, Cliff Augustine, he doesn't have that same negative energy in him, and he says he likes the over on the Sixers, 47 and a half. He thinks they can win 49 games. So figure out what your personality is. If you want to hate watch, go with me, go with the under. If you don't want to hate watch, go with Cliff and go with the over. Or you can do something else. Listen, you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you will get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. All customer offer $5 NBA wager required. Limit one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See full terms for both offers at fanduel.com sportsbook. NBA league pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. We are back on the Ringers Philly special. All right. 
So if you guys want to watch, you can watch that on FanDuel TV. There you go. Now I'm we'll wearing my Kelly Green hat. It's a good looking hat. You're, you should go check it out. I'm not wearing a hat, and I got a nice shave on the dome today. So if you want see to see the top of Shields' head, light, it's a rare yeah, sight. But yeah, that's right. You can see that today. So like, let's uh, should we sw- let's switch it up a little today? Can we just go chronologically through this game? Okay. Uh, I was gonna yeah, test my memory, but I got it. Yeah, no, I've got I've got the note. So I'll I'll remind you of what happened and then we can talk about what happened for as long as we want, and then we can move on uh to the next thing here. And then whatever we miss, we can get to that at the end. Let's do it that way. Uh Eagles open the game. They go 74 yards on 12 plays on the first possession, but that first drive stalls in the red zone, if you remember that possession. I think they went uh, like option run with Jalen Hurts. He slides down. Uh, They go, was it Kenny Gainwell or uh, Kenny Gainwell on second down? And then third down, they go empty, which I don't have the numbers in front of me, but empty was a huge part of this game plan uh, for the Eagles. They go empty, and it looked like Jalen Hurts maybe checked into a run there, and he gets stopped, and they kicked uh, a field goal. People were panicking at that time and for good reason. I mean, you really can't settle for field goals usually uh, against this Dolphins offense. Um, Do you remember that sequence? Did you, were you, were you pulling your hair out when they uh, either went to Kenny Gainwell on second down or with the play calling there? Did you think, okay, just didn't work, but no big deal. I didn't like it. I wasn't as upset about it uh, as I think some other Eagles fans and, and faithful were. Um, the Eagles are just not a high pass rate team in the red zone. They weren't last year when Shane Steichen was around. They weren't this year when Brian Johnson is around. I think that's a philosophical thing. I think that, as coaches would say, when you pass the ball, three things can happen and two of them are bad. And they just believe in their ability to run the football, break tackles, right? You get that Kenny Gainwell touchdown at the end of the game where he like has a spinning tackle break at the two and gets into the goal line. And the Eagles coaches have a point to that and say, see, like that's this is what we do, right? Is we get our backs, we expect to break tackles. We get Jalen Hurts, we expect to break tackles. And we keep the ball on the ground and we trust our offensive line. That's sound. I get that. First and goal from the nine, you're going to have to probably pass the ball yeah. at some point. You have uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah. 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 You have this young man who's got 125 plus receiving yards in five consecutive <laughs> games, which is tied with an NFL game. record. Yeah. He's a very a big football player. <laughs> Might need to throw him the ball in the end zone. Um, so I think that philosophically, they've decided we're going to be a running team in the red zone and the low red zone. I think generally that's a good decision. I think you can overcommit and overcorrect, and that, that, probably, that drive is probably an example. But then they'll have... Uh, plays they had uh, they had a sequence of memory serves in this game where on third and seven they'll hand the football off and they'll get it's like a fourth and three fourth and two and then they'll go for that and they'll get it right they don't mind being a four down team in that range so it's a little bit like you got to take your vegetables as a fan like that sequence sucks but the eagles also get away with that sequence way more than other teams and they feel really safe doing it and it's understandable why yeah no uh it was uh yeah, that was not a great sequence. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you're at the nine, like you're going to have to like throw the football. You have you have playmakers. Take a shot. Uh, at least again, I don't know if that was a check by Jalen Hurts uh, or not. So we'll you know, we're, we're doing this before the press conferences and everything. So we'll see uh, what they did there. OK, so they go up uh, three nothing there. Eagle second possession. Jalen Hurts fumbles, sets the Dolphins up with the ball in Eagles territory. Hurts' ball security and the turnovers are an issue. Like as much as, you know, everybody's pumped about this game and rightfully so, Jalen Hurts has now 10 turnovers on the season. That's second in the NFL to only Desmond Ritter. And like if they lose this game, that's going to be the story of this game. It's that Jalen Hurts is turning the football over uh, way too much. Uh, 
did you think anything on that specific play? Again, I don't know if you remember it uh, yeah. exactly there. I, th- I mean, he was holding on to the football there certainly uh, for a while, and then he gives it up. Now, good, great job by the defense, by the way, there. I thought that was a, a big stand. I mean, they hold big the Dolphins out, out of the end zone and force them to only a field goal. Yeah, uh, it's a good pop by Jalen Phillips, right? Like that's uh, it. It was a good rush, and then Hertz is is being fairly responsible with the ball. He's got two hands on it. I, I it's not like it, it wasn't like a Wentz one where he's just like a statue in the pocket yeah, I agree with and dragging the ball right. Like he sometimes Phillips gets a good punch. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the guy gets gets a good hit, and then the Dolphins player who recovered. I, I apologize. I can't recall who the defensive tackle was. Uh, it bounces right to him and it lands on him like. Hurts is right. Unacceptable ball security in the pocket, number one thing. That was also defense makes a good play sometimes. That that was the nature of that. The um the interception from Hertz bothered me a little more. That's obviously also like a huge bounce sort of a play. I mean, talk about like a, a, a ricochet. Feels like I felt like me playing pool where I'm going for the four and then I end up hitting the six in <laughs> off the you know, like off a bounce. Uh so they get How's your pool the, game? It's solid. Play? But there's a little okay. bit more okay. to that of that in my pool game than there should be. Regardless, okay. uh, the uh, <laughs> I want to get into it. You still th- you still throw the, the the pass right into the nickel blitz, right? Kateriko who goes up for it. Yeah. Uh, you want to be able to pump fake that guy and get his feet up in the air and then reset. You want to be able to, to to break that. It's just not the juice isn't worth the squeeze of throwing into that because you're going to get a ricochet so much and yeah. then the ball is going to be near a bunch of players and it's scary. Uh, turnovers tend to be a regression thing. Turnovers tend to be a uh, uh, you're really lucky one year and you're really unlucky the next year and then eventually you get back to 500 and then you have a spike game this way and you have a spike game that way. I'm not overly concerned about it. When Hertz had six interceptions in 2022 and I was I was watching every single play, I, w- I wasn't like, yeah, because he's such a good ball security quarterback. Like it, it, With the amount that he runs and then with how aggressively he throws the football, he was always, I think, going to deal with a spike in turnovers. I'm not ringing any bells or anything like that. All right, so larger sample it's it's not going to be as clean as it was last year uh if you're if you want to look at the bright spot it's like he's turned the ball over 10 times in uh seven games and they're six and one so yeah think about if they were think about if they were to be better in the red zone and if they were to take care of the football better what this team could do there you go that's the uh that's the rosy view uh on this team right now okay uh so eagles are it's it's side three three after the first quarter Second quarter, Eagles go on the 61-yard drive, nine plays. They get that personal foul, roughing the passer call uh, on Christian Wilkins. And then great call, I thought, on the screen to Dallas Goddard. Uh, beats the blitz. Jordan Mailata out in front for the 19-yard touchdown. I don't even know what my question is there. The Goddard TD, nice call by Brian Johnson. One of his better calls of the night, I would say. Yeah, uh, the uh, uh, a good Twitter account to follow is at Cowboys Stats and Graphics. He's a Cowboys fan, so bad, but he does really good football stats, so good. And he posted this year uh, <laughs> or in this week in approaching the game about how a lot of the Eagles' passing offense is the same as it was last year, but the one thing that's absent is yards after the catch. And I I, I asked him, I was like, uh, can you split this by? depth of target and he did and in the one area where the eagles are below league average in, in yards after the catch by a mile this year was like negative three to eight yards down the field is where they ran their screens and their rpos mm. right last year they had that little zone action split zone dallas goddard read a little fake fake split zone block and he goes out of the flat and they toss it to him they had the dallas goddard delay screen right how many times did we get a freaking dallas goddard delay screen last year they just sit back there and he's blocking blocking, blocking you turn around they just don't have that this year it is not part of brian johnson's menu to this point how did, what did he score the touchdown on little dallas goddard it wasn't a delay screen it wasn't an rpo or anything but it was just a little 
quick little now screen to the tight end. Goddard's superpower as a receiver. He's a very good blocker, but as a receiving tight end, his superpower is yards after the catch. This man rumbles. And so you just want to get the ball in his hands and let him do work for you. It's exactly what you got here. And they caught the Dolphins in a blitz as well. Uh, you brought up the fact that the Eagles uh, were really good in this game uh, 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 using the, the clock, right? The, uh, the, the Eagles were taking the clock down at 10 seconds, 8 seconds, 5 seconds, 2 seconds on all of these snaps. It was one of their slowest pace of play games so far this season. Uh, allowed them to sit on the ball, prevent the Dolphins from getting more drives, more plays. Dolphins only had 48 offensive plays in this game, a very low number for them. But it also allowed them to see a lot of blitzes. When you play a rotation defense like a Vic Fangio defense, you want to give them a hard count. You want to get late in the count because you want to see if you if they'll tip their hands. You get them in at blitz luck, and you know you can throw that screen. You can alert to it. You can package it with a run, whatever. And you get Dallas Goddard in space, and Goddard pays you off. Uh, and so that's, that's I think, good design and good use of the play clock. Eagles were a very mature team in this game. Did a really nice job doing a lot of the little things. Home crowd helps a ton doing a lot of the little things, though, to make things easier on themselves. Yeah, from a game script standpoint, other than the turnovers and not being able to really run the ball effectively, I thought they were going to be able to run the ball better. Uh, it really kind of went to what you would want in terms of a blueprint. Like if you draw it up during the week, hey, here's how we can win this game. A lot of that really you know, played out in this game. Like you mentioned, the Dolphins had eight off real offensive possessions. I mean... For an offense that good, it's easier to stop them if they only have eight than if they get 12, then you know what? Bigger sample, they're going to they're gonna get to some stuff. Uh, they're going to score. So I think typically in an NFL game, you have 11, I believe. And so you're taking three possessions out of the game because you are able to just convert on third down, string together long drives. They definitely did that in this game. Uh, then they take full control of the game in the second quarter, a 12-play, 80-yard drive. A.J. Brown with a nice uh, run after the catch. Now, this was an interesting sequence, Ben. Hertz had that scramble to the left side where he converted a third down, but I don't know if you thought this watching it live or not. Like I thought he was limping as he was. He was gimpy the whole game. Did okay. you see him jog into the first half tunnel? I did not. No. Oh my gosh, dude! I wish I could okay. find a clip. He looked like he looked like my dad trying to go get cheese out of the fridge, <laughs> man. I mean, it was just not moving at a high speed. <laughs> oh. It was not good. <laughs> The, uh, I'm just glad you took a shot at your dad and not me there because I really had, thought that could have gone either way. They, the broadcast called it out. He had no brace in the first half and he had knee brace on in the second half. Right. They've been asking. They had, the broadcast asked about this. Sirianni got asked about this post-game pressure. They're not saying anything. As if we can't tell what a brace is, man. Like, something <laughs> happened. Just say what you won the game by 14 points. What happened to the guy? <laughs> I thought the most telling thing in regards to Hertz's health was on the, uh, the salt the game drive there they had in the fourth quarter where they get to a fourth and one from the 26. And the broadcast is like, well, of course, you know, you could sneak it, but they're going to punt this here because it's too close to their end, end zone. I was like, no, 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 they're 100% going to sneak this. Like, they'll sneak it from the 26. They don't give a hoot. But they go and they they, they bring the punt team out, right? Oh, we're not going to go. It's, uh, you know, here we go. we got to punt it away. It's a yard and a half. And then Sirianni calls the timeout to get the sneak team on to go pick up the first down. That hesitation to me was like, uh, are we sneaking hurts? Are we, do we run the guy? Are we, does he feel good about this sneak? See, like, I thought that, I thought that was more just, your own your own 26 and you're up by a touch. I mean, that is one where right now, if they don't get that and the Dolphins score and win, that is the biggest story in the it NFL was, I mean, going there was There morning. was 10 minutes left. It's not like a Dolphins score and win. Like, there's a lot of yeah. game left at that point. But own 26 is still takes some... I, I, I would have to look at, like, the league-wide numbers in Sirianni in the past. That's that's yeah. different for some, you know, for I know, than, like, their own 45. Yeah. I know next-gen stats-wise, it was a clear go. And usually when the Eagles have a clear go, like, it's not like, oh, like, 
80% versus 79%. No, it was like 82% versus 79%, like big, big difference. Usually when the Eagles have a clear go, they trigger on clear go right away, right? The next sneak, which was only 10 yards further down the field, they yeah. went hurry up to go get it, right? Here we go. <laughs> Has any. So to me, that was to see them bring the punt team on was like, okay, Hurts can't sneak. And then to take the time out and to put the team back on was like, Okay, hurts, hurts as he can sneak. Let's uh, here we go. You know, and, and you just kind of and, and you've heard them kind of give quotes after the game. Jalen, uh, AJ Brown talking about when your generals hurt, you want to play a little harder. And you know, Sirianni said, "Our guy's so tough, no one else I'd rather have." Like it <laughs> sounds first, like you know, Hurts was gutting it out. All right. At first, I thought. At first, I thought you said Brown said when your genitals hurt. <laughs> no, 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 general, general, general. That's my problem oh with. Oh my god. That's my problem with with with. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what? Why didn't we lead with this? It's my least favorite thing about me. I I have a lot of talking ticks. I know that I do. Listeners always complain about them. The one that I can't stand is I don't I don't pronounce T's when they're inside of words. So like the 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 thing you put in your hand, that's not a glove, right? You would call that a It's winter outside. You're keeping your hands warm. Yeah. Yeah, keeping your hand warm. What would you put on your hand to keep your hand warm? Glove. Or mitten mitten. Mitten, right. I, I said, right. I said, you're trying to get. I didn't know what you were trying to get me. To, I was so confused. I didn't want to yeah, pronounce it. Mitten. I had okay, the whole point. Right, yeah. All right, all right. I say mitten, right? I don't get anywhere near the consonants. Okay. And so when I say okay. general, it can sound a lot like how I'd say general because I don't say the T that's in there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad uh, we clarified that <laughs> for, the, uh, for the audience there. Um, no, yeah, that was, a, that was a huge moment in the game, that, uh, that drive for sure. But he limps to the, the first time I really noticed it was when he scrambles to the left there. Uh, on this touchdown drive and he's like limping, but he gets it. But then they have fourth and three and probably is, you know, definitely his best play of the game. Fourth and three escapes the sack rolls to his right, finds AJ Brown downfield for a 32 yard completion with, which sets up the brotherly shove for the touchdown. And I feel like we've talked a lot in the last two years that like Hertz is not someone who often scrambles, to then throw, I mean, he does it. Some, I'm not saying he never does it. He does do it, but it's not something that like happens consistently game after game. So that was a, a very nice example of that, buying some time, uh, avoiding the sack, and that ends up being a huge play. Huge play. But, uh, I would say it's the best Hurts play of the game. The AJ Brown throw is obviously also sick, but that was a lot of like AJ being just nuts good down at the field. That was the vertical route in the fourth quarter. This one, yeah. right, was Hurts. Dropped his eyes in the pocket, a little bit of a, like a freak out. You're worried he's going to make a mistake, but he finds the escape hatch, gets out to his right, and then you see the gravity, right? Uh, zone defenders start to get pulled down into the line of scrimmage because they see Hurts moving, and that opens that window up even larger. Also, great hustle play by AJ. Uh, I, I didn't see a super wide angle of the play, but I'm 98% sure he was running a corner route the other direction, right? So he was up against the far sideline, got on his horse and got all the way to the opposite sideline. That's you. How do you get 125 receiving yards in five straight games? You work your took us off on a, on a fourth down scramble drill in the first half, right? Like that's, that's a love of the game sort of a thing. There's a lot of star receivers who would not be dying to get over to that ball and he did and, and, and they paid him off should have got a touchdown for that just just based off of quality of the play but whatever uh aj man uh there there is no receiver in the league playing better ball than aj brown is there are guys you could argue are playing the same caliber of ball like one of them is weirdly puka nakua I don't know. <laughs> no one told me this was gonna happen oh my gosh he yeah. was incredible today even though jo- like justin we'll jefferson's obviously injured when he was playing i think he was playing at, at that level um but like, Tyree and you Hill, can, obviously. what's that? 
Yeah, Tyreek Tyree Hill, obviously. Yeah. And you can so and then you can like, you know, but you can say like well, Tyreek Hill body of work in production. You can say like Jamar Chase body of work. Like I hear you. Like I get it. Like that's long term. I'm saying right now, there are no receivers that are playing emphatically better ball than AJ Brown. This is it. The level of physical dominance in terms of the tackle breaks that he gets, in terms of the downfield positioning that he gets, the explosiveness, the consistency of catching over the middle of the field through contact, like he it he is as automatic as it gets that far down the field. Automatic tends to be within five, ten yards. He's automatic at like thirty. That's just not real. It's unbelievable to watch. He's such a problem solver. I mean, like like you said, fourth and three. Your your play call doesn't work. He solves that problem. We said it before. Third down, uh, what do you need? He solves that uh, problem. You need a completion for your quarterback. Throw a slant to him. Red zone, he can be. Hasn't been as much this year, but can be a problem solver there. Uh, yeah, he's just been uh, absolutely incredible for them. Uh, last two years, only two wide receivers with more uh, receiving yards than A.J. Brown are Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. He has outproduced every other receiver in the NFL since he got to Philadelphia, uh, just on a Hall of Fame trajectory. The guy is so young, he's so good, uh, and he continues to be so productive for them. The uh, uh, a next-gen stat analyst, shout out Mike Lo- Lounsbury, Loonsbury, I'm not sure how to say that, I apologize, uh, just, uh, just got back to me on this one. Uh, Tyreek Hill, weeks one through six, was in motion on 22% of his plays. Against the Eagles, he was in motion on 16% of his plays. So not a massive de- de- delta, but still below average in this game. And so Lower than average, yeah. At least the eye test was right. Uh, also, apparently, Mike is a Bloomsburg uh, University graduate. Shout out Bloomsburg PA, baby. Shout out Bloomsburg. There you go. Bloomsburg guy working at uh, Andrew. We, I need this hookup. You have all these hookups. Yeah, I, I, I just tweeted Shield. I didn't hit him up. I just tweeted it out and he responded. <laughs> oh, see, I, I don't have your audience. See, I should be tweeting more. Like, this, is the, this is your one. Re- now, if you when you want to convince me to tweet more, this is the reasoning. Shield, Shield I, was, I, was tweeting at, I was tweeting at you during the four o'clock games, trying to talk trash, and I was just yeah. doing it into the void, and it was driving me nuts. No. You weren't doing it into the void. I saw it and I didn't respond. You think I want to respond in that moment when the Rams are pulling my heart out in our competition and killing me and I quit on the steal? Okay, we'll stick to the Eagles. We'll get we to that. We need to go to some sort weekend. of podcasting co-host <laughs> couples therapy where I can talk to an a, a, a unbiased third party who will tell me that you telling me the amount of times you see a message from me and ignore it is hostile. Multiple times this week, it was like, a yeah, tweet. I saw you send that and just ignored it. Okay, okay, my face. Okay. Okay. I'm very fragile. For, okay, hold on. The first time was during a, a, a meeting with our colleagues where I'm trying to pay attention to what they're saying, and you're tweeting me stuff that did not warrant an immediate response. This one, you're tweeting me about the Rams. What am I going to say? Screw you. No, I got nothing to say. They screwed me. Yes, so. I got the satisfaction of being right. Otherwise, it's taken from me. It's taken from you. All right. Uh, so Eagle score there. They go up 17-3. Dolphin score before the half. I mean, let's talk about those two plays. The one was, again, third and 18. Uh, they complete a 30-yard pass down the right sideline. I don't really know exactly what happened there. Darius Slay was kind of in coverage on Cedric Wilson. I don't know what everyone else was supposed to be doing there. Uh, And then the second play was Tua finds Tyreek Hill down the left sideline for a 27-yard touchdown. Uh, I saw a couple kind of conflicting accounts of what people thought there. Was it an actual bracket with uh, Terrell Edmonds and James Bradbury on Tyreek Hill? I know uh, Crispy Brown of Smart Football thought 
and look to him like maybe it was just uh, cover one with a blitz and Terrell Edmonds had the tight end and the tight end stayed into block. So he thought, okay, I'm going to go help uh, on Tyreek Hill. I don't know which one it was. Either way, Terrell Edmonds was not able to get over there on top of Tyreek Hill uh, and it led to a touchdown. What did you make of kind of those those two plays just based on what we saw off the TV copy? It's interesting. Yeah, watching it, it's I'm watching I'm, I'm watching the clip now. The fact that Bradbury never gets hands on him and 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 gives him upfield, like Bradbury does not try to stop him from getting upfield at all, leads me to believe it's bracket and Edmonds is in a bad spot. Because when you're when you're running cone and you're bracketing a, a, an isolated receiver, the the corner is going to play underneath. Corner is going to play in trail, and then that safety is going to be playing inside and on top. And Bradbury gets outside of him and then lets him get upfield. So Bradbury, yeah. to me, feels like he's trying to get outside and underneath, which is where he would be on a cone. And then he's like, admins have inside and on top. And when you watch teams beat bracket, beat, beat that cone, they typically want the vertical route because that safety can be flat footed. He's got to be worried about the 12 yard dig, the 12 yard inbreaker, which this team, the Dolphins run to oblivion. So you have to be ready to close downhill on that. But then also as the safety, you have upfield. So if he's going vertical, you have to be able to flip your hips and go. So that's the, the conflict you want to put that guy in is have him be thinking about the dig and the go. Uh, and so to me, like this looks like bracket. Uh, all 22 will help see where Edmonds hips are. Like if, if it's if it's cover one and he's supposed to be robbing down and looking like it'll help clear it up a little bit. I, I still think this is bracket just how off of how Bradbury plays it. Regardless, the moral of the story is this. Uh, it, Edmonds has nothing to do on that side of the field because the tight end stays in the block and he's the only other eligible receiver to that side. He has nothing to do to that side of the field except for help to Tyreek over the top. Like you're worried about maybe the tight end delay releasing, but you're not going to care about that relative to Tyreek. And he just can't be fast enough, which. Yeah. Nobody could really be fast enough. It's like it's unfair to Edmonds, but it's also a huge mismatch. Right. And also, it's like Edmonds can't be fast enough to deal with that against most guys. Um, that sort of play is just the sort of play I thought we would see so much more from this Dolphins offense, where it's just like it's not like two is back there for an hour. It's three step hitch and throw, right? And they came out in the second second half, and it seemed like their offense was gonna start to pick something up because they're in the quick game and they're finding a lot of success. One step and go, three step and go, three step and hitch. Like their time to throw, two is time to throw in this game is two point two seconds. Like they're getting rid of the ball quickly. I thought you'd be able to see more verticality. And I thought you'd be able to see more yards after the catch. Eagles secondary did an unbelievable job in this game tackling, keeping things in front of them and then tackling. Again, like I, I brought up that yards after the catch stat, third lowest from a game for two of the last two years. Uh, Jalen Waddle's absent a little bit, but still, it is hard to get these guys down, man. And, and they were able to do so successfully. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with you. And just based on the other calls we saw in this game, would they want to just go one-on-one with James? One Bradley robber would have been nuts, man. Yeah. Tyreek Hill on third down. Like that would not fit with the other stuff uh, they did, but uh, who knows for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, it's fair to kill Edmonds because Edmonds is one of their worst defensive players at the same time. Like you said, what's he supposed to do? Like he's not going to, he's yeah. not going to win I, that. The more I mean, I'm watching this, the more I'm confident it's bracket because Zach Cunningham's there to take the tight end in the event that he... Okay. The Titan releases. I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain this is, you know, like get shot on here. Zodobic, this is Zeus. I uh, he'll know yeah, the, he'll the calls, right. know the terminology. All the names. But yeah, this is this is one double eighteen. We're playing man coverage across the board and we're getting two or one double ten. We're we're getting two guys on two guys on Tyreek. Uh and Edmonds is just poorly leveraged, which Yeah. <laughs> you gotta I mean, make I'm do with what to you think, got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what would he have had to do to actually have gotten over top of that route i, I mean, mean you, you have, have to guess to right back there quick very quickly yeah like you, <laughs> exactly. you functionally you have to guess right uh <laughs> you are not going to be able to take away the dig and the go 
because you're Terrell Edmonds and he's Tyreek Hill. So you yeah. got you and he chose take away the dig, which on third and eight makes a lot of sense. I don't fault him that at all. That's also probably coached. I'd imagine decides like, hey, this is the one we, we want. We'll make Tua throw that vertical route because Tua doesn't throw that as well. On this play, Tua threw it pretty well. On the Darius Slay interception throwing Raheem Mostert on the wheel, he ain't throw that soccer well and you get the pick, right? And so we're, mm. we're going to challenge him to make vertical throws because that's where Tua is weaker. So I'd also, like, again, like, I cannot believe this is somehow become Edmonds' defense for me, but this is probably also a little bit coached. Like, hey, we're just going to kind of guess on this and we're going to guess the dig. And if he beats us over the top, he beats us over the top. We can go easy on Edmonds because that clip of him and uh, DeAndre Swift at the Phillies game which is so amazing. I don't know if you've seen, have you, have you seen that one? You got to, I didn't this see this. I got to look now. Okay. Yeah. You can't look now. Cause you have to listen to the whole thing. It's like a whole cutout. I don't know if they were mic'd up or what, but it is a whole cutout of them watching. They, they don't, I don't know if they've never gone to a baseball game where they don't. I'm, I'm, I'm watching games. one now just with the captions on it. And this seems yeah. extremely oh. sweet. You're going to call, you're going to call it adorable. I can guarantee. What an interesting friendship too. First year in Philly for Swift. First year in Philly for Edmonds. Edmonds from Virginia Tech, which is from Philly and Georgia. It's not even like these guys, like, why are they boys? Why are they tight? What is this? I don't get this. It was so cool. It was such a great clip. It was an amazing clip. So we're going to... This is like this me, podcast. though. It, they, like, this is my first yeah. time watching it baseball. Is this like is my first time watching baseball. <laughs> I empathize with this. Cliff and I will take you uh, next year. We'll mic ourselves up. We'll get some video, and we'll do a, we'll do a little thing for social. Uh, you know, here's what, we'll, here's what we'll do. My, uh, my father-in-law used to do this. He would say, you don't go to opening day. You go to the second game. Much less demand, cheaper tickets, and we'll go. We'll go to the second game uh, of the Philly season when they're uh, you know after they hang the banner. Okay, I'm not going to capote curse it. Uh, all right, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> From uh, we already talked about the sequence. Uh, the Dolphins tie it up there with the pick six. You went over that play, the Hurts interception. Uh, I will say this: uh, a running theme we had last year and it continues this year, is that Hertz does not sink after a mistake. They do not all the cliches, everything he taught. I mean, that is a bad interception he throws. Pick six, flips the game, ties the game. And what do the Eagles do? Next drive, 75 yards on eight plays uh, for a touchdown. Hertz had a scramble on that possession. He had a 25-yard completion to Devontae Smith. Uh, and then he throws the touchdown to A.J. Brown, 14-yard touchdown line. That's the one thing, you you know, and, and all these, I, I forget what, I think it was last game. And people were saying like, oh my gosh, look at Jalen Hurts' face on the sideline. I'm like, you must have not watched any of Jalen Hurts' whole career. He right. literally has had the same look when he's sitting on the bench every game, whether they're up by 35, whether they're losing by two touchdowns, whether he just had the play of his life or whether he had just the, the worst play he could think of. I actually, Jason Kelsey was on the pregame show um, talking to, is it Jason McCourty or Devin McCourty? Who's on the NBC? Uh, I don't know. Let's go Devin. Uh, I think it's Devin. Uh, and he was just asking about Hertz. Like, what do you appreciate most about him? And that's what he yes. said. Kel- Kel- Kelsey's like, my, I can't keep my emotions in check like that. I get high. I get low. I swing play to play, possession by possession. He's like, and so it helps to have Hertz in the huddle. The same guy every time. That was just another uh, example yeah. of it. Did them coming down, scoring, going up 24-17 right after that pick six. No, I, I, it's a very good point. I think like over the course of our year and a half doing the Philly special, it's pretty well established that like I'm probably below the average Eagles fan consensus and how I feel about her in terms of like the player, in terms of like the quality of quarterback. I would play football for him tomorrow. I love rooting for him so much. He does stuff yeah. that drives me nuts. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm not worried about this. Worry about that. But the, the right, you, you throw the pick six, right? You tie the game up and then you just walk back out and you're like, all right. 
and nothing's changed. And and yeah. and I don't know why Carson Wentz is coming up so much on this podcast, but it's so it's such well, a well. It was hard for me to make that point without yeah. name dropping him, but everyone knows what we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, it's su- it's such a dramatic change where like you you don't feel games slipping away from the Eagles. Firstly, because they've lost like three in the last year and a half, so you just <laughs> don't feel it often enough anyway. But secondly, even in this game in which. 17 to 3 to 17 to 17. Like, I'm not, like, I'll be very honest. I took the Dolphins line at the second half. It was plus five and a half. I was like, yeah, the Dolphins are going to make this a tight game. Like, they, they just got the passing game working. Like, running game's going to wake up as it did in the second half. Like, they're going to be all right. And the Eagles just said, nah, we uh, we control this. We control this the whole way down. Uh, and shame on me because I should know that. I'm the guy who's always like, this is crazy how well they control these games late. Uh, and so, yeah, the uh, the steadiness of Hurts cannot be overstated. There's there's two things on this team that you can't overstate the value of. The first is the steadiness of Hurts, the way that he doesn't let mistakes compound, the way that he keeps them in control just by being young. And then the second thing is the fact that they don't have first and 10, they have first and eight. Because if they get to fourth and two, they're sneaking it and they're getting it. Uh, ESPN yeah. put the stat out. They're 41 for 44 on sneaks since last year. The next closest team is like 11 conversions or something. Like it's just they... Every other team in the league gets first and 10. The Eagles get first and eight and a half. Cheating. Cheating. We're, we're playing a different game than you are. <laughs> like, like you're watching those, those third downs from the Dolphins on that penultimate drive for the Eagles, and they keep getting stops at the sticks. And then, and like the defense holds up the, sti- the, the fourth down fist. Like, yeah, we got them to fourth down. It's like, no, you didn't. Like, you gave up the sticks. Like, we're there. It's first down. You have to stop thinking of it as third and six. As the defense, I think about it as third and four. You have to change the way you play the coverage. Because if you play yeah. it to the sticks, the Eagles are going to convert. <laughs> you have to physically change how you think about the down. It's unbelievable. So those two things being constant hurts the steadiness, and then the Eagles cheating on fourth and one. Like it, it, It's immutable, and it's huge competitive advantages. It's... Uh... It's a great point. And that, yeah, the one where they were at their own 26, I think I thought the other reason why Sirianni was on the fence, that was not like one, that was one and a half or yeah. one and three quarters. Or, I mean, that was a, a long conversion. That wasn't like simple to uh, get that one. So uh, absolutely uh, so. Kelsey, uh, Kelsey shared a quote. Uh, I was asked about the fourth one from the 26 and he said uh, of Nick Sirianni, quote, he sent the punt team out. Then he comes up on the sideline and says, F that we're going for it. <laughs> so maybe there was oh. no hurts hurts injury concern maybe it was just Sirianni taking a a, a, a few a, a few seconds to get the uh to get his stomach to settle and going for it the only thing that has stopped the touch push to this point is refs thinking that jason kelsey's left hand is landon dickerson's <laughs> right hand it's the only thing kelsey's got to wear a different colored glove on the left hand and show all the refs like this one's purple don't worry about it uh first of all I saw some people giving Macaulay love. Who was the first pod that really recognized that Terry Macaulay Terry. is up here while everyone else is down here? That was the Ringers Philly special. He comes in right there and says, no, that should not be offsides on the Eagles. That's Landon Dickerson's hand. That's not Jason Kelsey's hand. Amazing job by uh, Terry McCauley. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And then to that quote with Kelsey on Sirianni, this was the most Sirianni has Sirianni'd this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, the He's Kelly Green, you knew, of, you knew yeah, the Kelly Green. Feeling, oh my God, he was feeling himself on the sideline. If you are a fan of the other teams, you're going, I hate this coach. This is the most hated coach in the NFL for just random observers just because of the way uh, he carries himself. Yeah, he was he was getting into it. Uh, I don't know if it was because 
He thought this is a, a close game. People are picking the Dolphins, the Kelly Green. Uh, people are doubting, whatever. He worked himself into a lather in this game and was strutting around giving first down signals uh, left and right. I'm sure there's going to be clips that come out of Sirianni from this game. I mean, he was feeling it. It's got to be so great to not <laughs> call plays and to just go for it on fourth down knowing that your team is going to get every single one. It's the it's just the least work into most reward of any head coach. Every other head coach is like toil for hours for like one small increment of increased win probability. And Sirianni's like, Brian Johnson, don't run as much. Sean Desai, get the pass rush going. Here we go, boys. <laughs> oh, fourth and one. Let's go for it. <laughs> and then just gets the camera on him on the sideline, just, just dancing and feeling right. it. That's he Sirianni's got it set, man, at the head coaching job. Man, he runs it well. That's true. I don't think he sleeps much, but he probably could get more sleep and we would not see a decrease in performance given uh, what you just laid out there. Right. That's why right he's got that. so much time to like do an annual on the sidelines because he doesn't have anything to do next. Someone else is yeah. handling it, man. He's got a good <laughs> operation. Uh, the Eagle is 24-17, fourth quarter Dolphins driving. Darius Slay, I mean, that's a huge interception. Uh, I think they get Raheem Mostert against Zach Cunningham uh, there. That was a great play by Slay because he's on Jalen Waddle, right, on that yep. play and just kind of peels off, sees where the ball is. I, I actually thought if Slay doesn't make that play and it's just incomplete, I wonder if we get a DPI. DPI. We do, right? I've seen the exact yeah. same thing. That, that yeah. the... Uh, that watching a linebacker careen into a player like that's just ref bait for it's a always DPI, called. yeah right and Derek, and like you shouldn't not call it because slay makes the pick but again that's how refs work like it's not real you're just kind of making it all up uh yeah. and so yeah it was it was a huge play by slay it was a very heady play by slay it's also waddle on the wrong route right like it's a uh uh, Waddle and 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 most end up in the exact same area of the, the end zone. There's no chance that's intentional, especially on a running back wheel. Uh, it's a critical mistake by the Dolphins. Set of the Eagles' offense ran a very clean game. The Dolphins had a lot of situational issues on unleveraged moments. Right? They had like. Uh, you know, second and shorts that became second and longs because of penalty. Uh, 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 they had Austin Jackson with the revenge penalty on Jalen Carter. Good flop by the young man, Jalen. What a right? flop. This guy is wise beyond his years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Eagles, again, play a very clean game, very mature game here where, where the Dolphins made a imagine, lot of situational errors. Imagine what it would take to actually knock Jalen Carter yeah. over like that. I did mean, he go to the ground? He did, right? Oh, he flopped. Yeah. And they asked him <laughs> about it and he said, I thought to myself, what would LeBron do? <laughs> Just, Wait, did he actually say that? Yeah, he said. Oh I promise you, he did. He said, uh, "Yeah, yeah." Josh Tolentino, Jalen Carter with a smile on his after whistle scuffle with Austin Jackson. <laughs> "Quote: I was just thinking about LeBron. I was like, ooh, what would LeBron do?" Yeah, Jalen Carter oh just channeling gosh. the goat as he should. That's incredible. Very uh, funny to watch Jalen Carter walk Isaiah Wynn into the backfield into an injury. I hope Isaiah Wynn as well, but just like, holy smokes, what a rush. And yeah. then like two series later, get knocked over by <laughs> Augusta Wynn. <laughs> well done, my young man. Well done. What a move. Uh, and then, yeah, the Eagles, we've talked about how good the Eagles are at finishing these games off. 83 yards, 13 plays, take 635 off the clock. Uh, if you were watching football all day, Eagles had a night game. You know that this is not common. We take it for granted. I mean, these teams, so many teams are in this spot and they just three and out or they get a first down. They give the other team an opportunity. Eagles did not do that. Uh, huge call. We mentioned it. Nick Sirianni, own 26, goes for it fourth and one. Uh, then uh, again, they go for it again. And I'm with you. I think you've made this point before that I love it when 
they know what they're going to do on fourth down. Like they were just like, all right, get up, line of scrimmage, hurry up. They're not set yet. Go ahead, run the run the brotherly shove again. They do it again, uh, and they convert again. So they convert two fourth downs there, and then another probably Jalen Hurts' second best play of the game, the 42-yard completion uh, to A.J. Beautiful Brown ball. there. He's got pressure in his face. Van Ginkle he in the chest, it. yeah. Two defensive backs there. One of them's grabbing A.J. Brown's jersey. It doesn't matter. As Coach Flynn says, we decline uh, pass interference. Uh, we don't accept pass interference. And he makes the catch anyway. That that was a huge play. Sets up the Kenny. Just as everyone's like, why is Kenny Gainwell still getting touches? Kenny Gainwell has a very probably his best yeah. run of the season. Spins into the end zone for the touchdown. Kenny, The Kenny Gainwell game, I did not have in the cards. I did not have the... Uh, <laughs> You know what we should do here is we should establish a running back by committee situation against the Miami Dolphins. Just did not have that one read out, if I'm being honest. Uh, but yeah, Gainwell paid them off. 15, uh, 15 carries for Swift, eight for Gainwell. It's so like two two to one. Um, don't need it. No, thank you. I'm fine with them. Fine with what Swift's given us to this point. That feels unnecessary. Swift had 62 yards, so I was kind of close, Ben. I thought I had no chance, but he had that long run at the end. He had like a 22-yarder yeah. so in the fourth So you were quarter. on 80-plus. I was on yeah. over 63-and-a-half, and, and he got to 62. Oh, oh yeah. my God. And some, <laughs> some bits, the line moved around. So some people got 61-and-a-half. I was on 63-and-a-half personally. Uh, I think when we did our pod, it was actually 62-and-a-half, if my yep. memory So that was, a, that was that a huge run there at the under. end. Yeah, Uh Crazy game there uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, Swift's usage and, 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 and the rushing game and whatever. But altogether, man, you can't complain offensively. If it's a random Kenny Gainwell game, it's a random Kenny Gainwell game. Julio Jones had a catch because AJ went out. That was fun. Ro- ro- I, if you had set a line on Julio Jones over 0.5 catches, I would have taken the under for a trillion dollars. So very happy with that. Uh, that. That was never posted. But yeah, Julio showed up looking nice in the 80. Living it. Feeling great. Just, just, just coast into a Super Bowl so victory. Weird. Yeah, Julio Jones just on the Eagles. Yeah, making a catch. Crowd goes wild. Uh, it's so, a great, it's uh, a great off- vibe check. You lose your first game of the season. It's like, ah, oh, that was kind of shaky. What happens? And then Howie's just like, don't worry, we're still signing vets just to get them a ring for free. Like the Indomitian Sioux thing last year. It's like, who wants a ring? You want a ring? <laughs> get a ring, Julio. Let's go. And uh, vibes are immaculate. <laughs> Eagles offense scores on five of eight possessions tonight. They only punt once. On the season, and again, if you're saying, Shield, don't give me the numbers. It hasn't looked the same. I agree. It has not looked the same. However, through seven weeks, they're now fourth in success rate and fifth in points per game in the entire NFL. So uh, there is a case that a lot of this is turnovers and a lot of this is red zone. There is other stuff at play. I agree with you. It hasn't looked quite as smooth, but you sit back and you look at it and it's better than most teams in the NFL. All right, let's see. Did I have anything else here uh, on the offense before we wrap up? We talked about Hertz's turnovers. We talked about Hertz's throw to AJ Brown. We talked about Hertz's leg. Who knows? This will just be one of those. All right, next week, let's see how it looks against the commanders. What are they doing? Is he running? Is he not running? Is he scrambling? Is he not scrambling? What's happening here? Uh, we pro- like, like we don't know even what the injury is, so it's, like, it's hard to even, but he obviously battled through something and still came up with that performance, and we probably should not take that for granted uh, that he was playing injured in this game. Turnovers, you got to cut those down, no doubt about it. He's got 10 on the season, like I mentioned, second to only Desmond Ritter, uh, so hopefully you get the natural regression there uh defense 
what else did I have here? Well, I think we we hit uh, we hit on most of these. The Slay interception, the plan with Bradbury on Tyreek Hill, uh, defensive line, phenomenal. I mean, we could just name every defensive lineman and pass rusher like every podcast. That's really how consistently they've yep. been performing this season. And it is all of them. Like it's not just one guy. They're rotating guys in. I mean, you're right. Reddick probably deserves. I know you brought him up. Probably deserves even just one more shout out. I mean, he was just yeah. like wrecking that game in the first quarter. Four sacks on the night. They sacked two on eight point six percent of his dropbacks he averages 4.6 they doubled that wow uh, two sacks for josh sweat first sack for nolan smith great rep of just being unblocked that's the best way to unblocked do it Unblocked doesn't High matter quality hey, veteran still shows play. up in Don't the box score blocked. baby that's how you do yeah. it half a sack for fletcher cox half a sack for jordan davis i didn't say hassan reddick he probably had the best night of all the the defensive linemen right no sacks but just uh the no two doubt. tfls the constant presence in the backfield on a lot of those boundary runs i mean it, it cannot be overstated how hard it is to stop those backs once they get around that corner stopping them from getting around that corner enormous uh sweat though with the two sacks now up to five and a half on the season such a good player just gonna just just gonna be double digit sacks for the second season in a row and like who talks about him besides eagles fans nobody but such a good player who's who's grown who has developed who's set lovely into his role plays very complimentary football to reddick excellent excellent player yeah no doubt about it uh lane johnson starts in this i mean he probably deserves a shout out just who knows oh yeah the man is gutting through just to be on the field he starts in this game terrell edmonds and sydney brown uh started at safety josiah scott started in nickel eli ricks rotated in makai gardner rotated in. i mean think about these names that i'm telling you played for the eagles in the secondary and what they did uh to that dolphins offense that's incredible all right i think those are all my oh the last thing just can they like do they? I think we've we've had enough of the hurts to a backstory and relationship. Are you are you with me on this? Like we don't need to keep talking about this, or do they I just mean, have to talk about it still? I agree, we've had enough of it. I also this is the first time they've played in the NFL. So what are you gonna do? Well, they had the joint practice there, so maybe that was more like a local thing. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely been asked about it before, but yeah, they were going on. It's like they obviously are friendly enough. I don't think they're friends. I you know it doesn't no like, chance. Uh, no, no, no they're not friends. I mean, they did. They had a moment on the field at the end of the game. I think they're both very like professional, mature yeah. uh, people. If so, there are, yeah, if there are two like, quarterbacks in the league, also you're not going to get anything out of on their relationship. It's these two, Jalen, yeah. who just like every answer is like, I committed my soul to the grind when I was four, and I will die in the gym before I ever you know conceive of losing a game. <laughs> and then Tua, who's always just like, man, football, what a joy. Love playing out here. Football's great. I love playing football so much. Football's the best. Like uh, these are these are Alabama boys to a T. All right, they're not going to say things about yeah. one another. No chance. All right, there you go. All right, anything else you need to get off your chest? You probably have a lot of writing to do. So let's get you. No, I did most of the writing. I'm chilling. Cliff, what's oh, you up did? with you? How oh, you what, feel? What's your schedule? How's your? Wait, hold on. I want to get to Cliff. But so what? Are you you're able to write stuff. During the day, like you, like if it were me, I would be starting the column after this podcast at 1 a.m. No. and then I would be paying for it the rest of the week. You see, you've settled into a nice routine with this wonderful column that you're writing for the ringer.com for Mondays. Yeah, I write, I, oh. I mean, like there were four, four o'clock games today, so it's a pretty, pretty easy situation to write in. And then Eagles, Dolphins made it a lot more challenging to write. Um, but I would. Like I would, I would, if I was in the zone, I would, I would write a little bit during the plays and then during a commercial break, I would just go back and rewatch them. Or if I was like not in a flow, then I would just like watch a drive. And then once the commercial breaks, once the commercial break hit, I would start back up. Honestly, I was really worried about it because I thought it was going to be like 
fireworks, John Gannon, pew, pew. And instead, I was just like, all right, Eagles defense has the ball. I don't need to watch this, which was weird for me. Not what I expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the thing is, I got to write the Eagles Dolphins section because that ain't get written yet. Um, gotcha. And I also well, need a good angle. On the, it out. That should I need a good angle on the Patriots yeah. beating the Bills. You have a good angle on that? Mm. On the Patriots beating the Bills? I mean, it's it, I, like I'm usually the don't worry about the Bills. The Bills are fine. And that game has me has me worried about the Bills. I mean, that's three in yeah. a row now, and that's a bat. That's a horrible page defensively. And I think you've you've been on this. Like offensively, you can be like they'll figure it out. It's Josh Allen. I mean, defensively to get carved up by that. If you you know that was like a bottom fifteen defensive performance by any team this season. I think if you look at success rate going up against an offense that has sucked and averaged like ten or eleven points per game. So that would probably be, but you know. I don't know. You might have already mentioned that before, but that would be my personal take. Like this Bill's defense might turn into like a bottom half of the league type unit for the rest of the season just yeah. because of all the injuries. I just think I everybody was like the sky is falling on the Patriots. And I was like, they'll be fine. And then I bet on them to cover against the Raiders. They didn't on a safety. So I laid off mm. them against the Bills and they won outright. And I'm not super into that. If we could just be on schedule with I'm yeah. me being a week early on the Patriots drove me nuts, man. Mm. Yeah, that's listen. That's how it goes. All right, Cliff, how are we feeling? Cliff's feeling man, good. I can, see it, I can see it on his face. I'm riding high. <laughs> I'm feeling great about. I'm feeling great about my birds. I'm in Philly right now, so I felt the energy today. I was walking around, you know, in my town in my section, of Elkins Park. I seen everybody in the Kelly Greens today, and I'm thinking to myself, that Kelly Green must have spotted the team like ten points, like straight up. Like whenever you wear those Kelly Greens, like you know you got to come out, you know you got a ball. They had Reggie White's son beautiful. in there. Pretty sure they yeah. had Randall in there. They had some Eagles legends in there that were that Kelly Green. I think my, my man Mike Golick should have made the parents at some point. But look, man, I'm riding high. I love what we saw from the defense. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, I'm still not a fan. I came on this pod about two yeah. weeks ago and kind of kind of dunked on him. But, you know, he gave his best effort, whatever. But shout out to the D-line. Shout out to Jalen Hurts for playing through that. A.J. Brown was a monster. I mean, you guys laid it out all pretty well, man. Like, the ball is rolling here, so let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the game is in DC, correct? Next week, the game is yep. in uh, or Maryland, At wherever. The commanders, you... yeah. Let's 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 Worst go to let's go down America. Yeah. Let's go down to Commanders. I saw John Allen. Yeah. He's not he's not quite happy with his uh, situation down there in uh, in DC. Yeah. John Allen, <laughs> come come get a ring, John. Yeah. Let's go. Let's force a trade, <laughs> baby. <laughs> he doesn't this, seem too happy. Yeah, this Commanders game is interesting because I can talk myself into trap game. Right? They just played the Dolphins. They have the Cowboys the week after. Right. And it's Chiefs, Bills, Niners. We've been talking about this part of the schedule. Yeah. I can talk myself into like, oh, it's a clear trap game, whatever. I can also talk myself into they win by 40. Like, yes. commanders are reeling. You're coming off this Dolphins win. Like, that you looked real, real good defensively. That last commanders game was way closer than it needed to be. I think, like, they will either lose or win by 25. Nothing in between. <laughs> The, vi- the vibes are not good in, in Commander Land. It's not no. looking good. John Allen said this is the last seven years. He's been through scan- like eight scandals, 40 coaches. <laughs> um, uh, is that what he change. said? No, no, no. He didn't say all that. Uh, I'm, just, okay. I'm, just laying, I'm just laying it out there for yeah, him. Yeah, so what are you thinking? Yeah. Obviously, he's had enough. You would know all these quotes if you were on Twitter, Shiel. Like yeah. It was like, oh, did someone say that? Yes, get online. This is so. This is so much more fun. You're telling me if it's real or not. Like that was a fun moment for me of excitement when you told me Jalen Carter actually said that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. If I was just scrolling, my eyes would be burning. I'd have to go through all this nonsense just to get to one Jalen Carter quote. So there you go. Uh, oh man! Also, you know, Johnny Gans lost again today. 
He did? He yes, did. He did. I think they've lost their last four by 60 points, I want to say, and they have a bottom three yep. defense in the NFL. Uh, so go ahead. What was Mr. Aggregator, who everybody was responding with Mike Gannon clip to? I don't even remember. I think, I think who it was did Dove. That. One of them. All right. <laughs> Somebody did that with the graphic, exactly how I laid out. Thank you to everyone who fired back at him on the Ringers Philly <laughs> special behalf. And then we get the decide performance of the ages, best defensive yeah. performance ever against Mike Gannon. How you like that now? Ludicrous. Aggregate this, big dog. Yeah. If so, I you're right. If I if I were more worried about online, then I would just I would just tweet at him. Aggregate this big dog. <laughs> yeah, but if you tweeted aggregate this big dog, then I would bully you on the podcast. So it's probably good that we're not doing that. Um, All right, there's no line Eagles. right now. Time to talk about the serious stuff. Phillies and six, baby. Let's go. Diamondbacks. I don't respect them. I haven't respected them the entire series. This has been so fun. Dude, their two wins were such little scurrilous, scrappy wins. Just like little, like, all hanging around, getting lucky. Oh, Phillies 10 to 3 tomorrow. I'm so excited. They weren't, then they weren't scrappy wins. It was just Craig Kimbrell came in the game and had the action. Oh the God. I, the second difference. I saw Kimbrell, and I've watched like four pitchers in my day, so I know what I'm talking about. The second I saw whatever stance it is that he does before he pitches, <laughs> I was fully out on the young man. Not a chance. I like I like the 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 white boy with the long hair. Shram, Tram, Tram. <laughs> yeah, Shram. Yeah, man. Shram, dude. I like you Shram. Just, you just descri- you just described ninety percent of pictures. Yeah, but the pictures, the pictures, the pictures. All the yeah, all all the baddest white boys with long hair. It's crazy. That's the yeah, like half the Philly staff is white boys with long hair, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, an unbelievable team. No little so much fun. Yeah, Kyle like, Schwarber runs like animated Mario. That young, I I love him so much. I would do anything for him tomorrow. He's my favorite Philadelphia sports athlete ever. Ben, before we exit here, what do you what takes do you have on the Sixers? They start this week. They're playing. They're playing the Bucks. I don't Thursday, acknowledge I the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm a Phillies fan now. <laughs> I thought the 76ers were my like fandom team, not cover and just enjoy. And I'm, and I've experienced them for the last five six years, uh, and it's been largely negative. Yeah, I am now no, transitioning to the Phillies. It's been fun. an unbelievably positive uh, experience. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's much more fun. Uh, you're right, Cliff, because I had on my list. I'm like. I, I plan ahead and I'm like, this week, I'm like, all right, should we do a Sixers preview next week? I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to do a Sixers preview. And I'm like, who is, nobody right now is even like, a, my motto for the for this Sixers team is, because if you listen, like all the Ringer national pods, we're, you know, we're big on the NBA uh, at the Ringer and I listen to all of them. And there's so much James Harden and Sixers talk because it's a big national NBA story, but it's not like a local you know what I mean? Like, local, if you, it, like, I was about to say, like it's on your text threads, are people talking about the sit like no, anything about people, it right now? People, not people are me. talking to people. All right. So whenever anything hard in news breaks, right? So Woj is on top of it, right? We'll I'll, we'll yeah. get like the little text either in like an Instagram group chat or in a text group chat. And somebody's like, oh, James Harden is at it again. And then five hours later, the Phillies play and we forget all about James. Nobody Harden. cares. Yeah. No what else cares. are you going to say? Here's the motto for the Sixers. You can never hate them as much as we do. That's the <laughs> motto for the 2023 2024. I'm thrilled to watch Tyrese Maxey's 30 point game highlights on YouTube. Oh, yeah, I love Maxey. Right love Maxey. And that's all I'm interested yeah. in as of that's right now. That's all I want to see is Maxey. I agree. I want to see Maxey, and then I want to see Nick Nurse wear his and and and. And if Jaden Springer is not in the rotation, I'm out. Okay. You don't want to see. No, see, I don't even care about all that. Y'all don't want to see Pat Beverly like. 
do some antics and get people mad and stuff. That's what I have Twitter for, all right? I'm going to get it. Who knows when Shield gets it? 24 hours later, someone in the post sends him like a pictures of Patrick Beverly doing something. (laughs) You can text that to me. I'll get it the next day. It's it's a little bit of excitement. There's some things to be excited for. I'm going to still be watching, though. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to be watching, but I'm going to be hate watching. And that's how it's going to be. I'm going to be hate watching. There you go. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. There you go. Thank you to James. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Ace Producer Cliff Augustine. If the Phillies win Monday night, as Benjamin Solak just predicted, I'll hop on. We'll do a post-game pod, and we'll talk about what's next. I'm not even going to say the words, because I'm after those two games, I'm not even... There's no chance of me risking a Kapati curse. If they lose, we'll just wait for... Game seven, which my body, my heart, my old man bones will not be able to handle on Tuesday night. Uh, so it'll be Monday or Tuesday. Yes, Cliff. Can I ask you just one more say. question? What's that? Yeah. If the okay. Phillies return to the World Series, how hard should people be celebrating? Hard? Like, I'm talking well, like, because last year they didn't. So, you know, it was like, a you know, a decade of just dreck, right? The Phillies were bad, like yeah. historically bad. We had nothing to cheer for. They miraculously somehow make the playoffs, and then they have a crazy run, which warranted a crazy big celebration around, you know, City Hall, down Broad Street in the South End, whatever. How big and how crazy do are people allowed to celebrate? Like again, I don't want to regulate fun here, but I don't want it yeah. to be. I don't want it to go overboard. So, like, how much should people celebrate if the Phillies return to the World Series? Well, you have to follow the team's lead, and this team loves to celebrate like they celebrated making the playoffs because they like we're gonna party but guess what we know but then they're like we haven't done anything yet and so that's their mindset so i think as long as you listen it's rare for the baseball team you root for to get to the world series i say go out have fun but keep that little topper how many more jt in your head (laughs) four more the job is not done so i I don't think you have to limit yourself i also especially think times don't come around often yeah they won't know that they're getting a second shot at the astros right because they play beforehand but if you're like there's like celebrating making the world series there's also celebrating like you you also celebrate the chance to go fix what you couldn't fix last year to go like actually yeah Yeah. that's like like this is start doing philly's post game pot yeah that you said first step to remedying (laughs) last year's ills is getting to the game yeah you you get to the game you celebrate and then you you know uh, it's you know you, you celebrate for the night you wake up in the morning you start chopping wood i don't know how baseball teams prepare for things no, no i'm not talking about the the team in general i'm just talking yeah. about like the fans like around the city like same thing uh, right yeah. okay. we celebrate Still, we get the chance thing. to go to the world series and the yeah. next morning you're up and you're you're you are sending irresponsible tweets you're placing irresponsible bets on FanDuel. <laughs> you are talking cash money to houston astros let's fans, go one that you know let's go you start doing the work all right all right let's go. we can't go there yet no no we cannot go there all right yet. yeah let's uh, not jinx you, it yeah so Alex said it uh, beautifully. That would be just so you know, I'm gonna be outside if they go back to World Series too. So <laughs> I'm be outside, outside. no yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm gonna be outside too. So the people of Philly, if you see me outside, you see me outside. You know what I'm saying? There you go. You're celebrating the chance to right a wrong and finish the job, but still got to get that last one. Let's get that wet last one, Aaron Nola. I've always believed in you. All right. <laughs> Thank you to Cliff. <laughs> Thank you to Solak. Thank you to everyone who is listening. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special.
must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 